Hello and welcome to Com Majors. I'm Brian Costello. And I'm Jim DeSanto. And this week we are joined by... Katie DeSanto. Katie DeSanto. <laughs> for our first ever, first ever bestseller to blockbuster episode, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. But of course, as we yep. always do, the most important question of every episode, what are we drinking this week? Jim, what do you have? So for tonight, I am drinking uh, Four Roses single barrel bourbon. Uh, excellent. It was a gift from, well, it's funny. For my birthday, I got two bottles of this. Uh, so this one was either from Aaron Powers, our lovely friend Aaron Powers, who shall be making an appearance on the podcast eventually, uh, and also the uh, Kenzie's. So uh, uh, Christine Kenzie and uh, Kevin Sam Kenzie. <laughs> Kevin Sam. Excellent. Um, Katie, yeah. what do you have? Um, so unfortunately, Katie is on the uh, not drinking alcohol train because I'm highly medicated um so when has that stopped anybody from drinking it has stopped katie because sinus infections have become like the plague to me now and so i will do i will literally do anything (laughs) including not drink alcohol if it means that i'll get rid of a sinus infection okay so thank you that's i think that's important to know what your limits are um but i went into whole foods the other day look what i found it was right at the front it is Butterscotch beer, butterscotch cream ale, non-alcoholic, and so I just doctored that up, made myself a fancy little butter beer with some whipped cream and butterscotch sauce. Yeah, yeah, excellent, excellent. It's now delicious. I'm going to do my my drink of the week and this week's <laughs> fact check at the same time. Uh, many of you I don't watched. Want it. I do not uh, want it. Yeah, do not drink it. So I, I, I made another butterbeer. Co- oh, boy, that is. I made another butterbeer cocktail. Um, thank you for all of you who watched the video uh, of me making said butterbeer cocktail. I always like to, when I'm making drinks, um, think of myself as Tom Cruise from the movie Cocktails, if Brian, you remember that. I'm so sorry. I have to interrupt to remind you that we actually saw you try to be Tom Cruise from Cocktail, and uh, all I remember is there being a lot of red cocktail all yes. over the ceiling. a beige ceiling. room of yes. a rental property in the Outer Banks. Yes, that was one time. How many parties did I make drinks? The drink I don't, was I, still delicious. I feel was like delicious. one time is important. I feel like well, that's every, have you the ever best part of that story is that my dad witnessed it, right? Or I think your brother did. No, well, your it, was dad my, might no it was my father. Because oh, yeah. I remember this no, specifically true. happening is that he comes down the basement, you drop the drink, it splashes a whole all, blender. A whole, it was a whole blender. It was a cooler. It was like one of those um, Coleman skinny mm. coolers. And he dropped it I and it, it hit the blender. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It, I'm it hit the ground, hit the ceiling. My dad sees it. And instead of being like, oh, I'll help you grab some towels. No, just walks out the back door and goes to the beach. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I thought he fair. went up to tell everybody that it happened so that people no, could come I down and laugh. No, no, I don't think so. And actually, to be fair, I, it was not while I was making the drink. No, it was, you, were I was so you were so excited. You were so you were doing your jaunty little like happy. I'm delivering the drinkies run. <laughs> and um, you were None so excited. You me. tripped. Yeah. You yes. tripped over your now, own feet. Now. So I made butterbeer, and let me tell you something. It's it's disgusting. <laughs> Do not drink. It. First of all, so I have it just for a show here. Disgusting. And this stuff is like the bane of alcohol's existence. This butterscotch schnapps. Uh, 
any listener now who would like this, I, you can you can message us. I, you can pick it up free. If I could post it on one of those free garage sale sites, you're not allowed to put alcohol on. It is just you're not allowed to put disgusting. alcohol on there. Oops. Faux yeah. pas. In what? Well, I only I only you know buy that nothing because sites. I, yeah, I only been know that because things on there. No. I mean, buy no, nothing. Well, oh, no, I only know that because know somebody up, up up here on our buy nothing site attempted to give away a um a pound of weed and they got in trouble for it. <laughs> so, uh, but instead, what I so I I'll, I'll guess I'll sip some of this butter beer. Instead, I'll be drinking in honor of the Hogwarts Express, uh, Shovel Town's uh, Conductor. Ooh, IPA that's a good beer. Jim that's had, good beer. Uh, and it's that's a great beer. Uh, so that is fact check and what we're drinking in one. Uh, but this week, of course, is our bestseller to blockbuster episode, and I am going to attempt to uh, do the show in my Harry Potter glasses. These are not prescription, really, uh, and yeah, but they shockingly. look stunning. Yes, they're not prescription. So d- d- my my vision is slightly blurred right now um, since I can't see. And we were talking before the show that I find it very odd that the two greatest wizards of all time, neither of them could see. They just should have done LASIK with their wands, taking care of it. And I, this, I don't care. This if it's is a why you need me on the show. I don't care if it's a literary device. Uh, Harry Potter and Dumbledore should have had perfect vision but nonetheless uh we're Dumbledore doesn't even fix his scar why would he fix his his eyeballs mm. there's a, like a whole thing there but then uh, also it's, it's symbolic so yes well just everything's a symbol for an english teacher as did we'll you find notice out. did you notice my tattoo yes show the tattoo i was actually no. katie was nice enough to send me well <laughs> not only for those listening I'll just describe this situation. Ten minutes before the podcast, Katie decides she's actually going to put the lightning bolt tattoo on her head. Now, we watched the movie two days ago. Yeah, this lightning bolt is dead set in the center of her forehead. And yes, I pointed out to Jim that I have never been a stickler for details. No, true. but and I pointed out to arbitrate the problem that they're both right. Thank and you. Because that's why I'm the perfect arbitrator in this situation. Because on the original uh, paperback cover, the most famous artwork, Harry Scar is dead center in his head. But Jim is correct because when they started and chose to do the film, they thought that would look a little too bizarre and they decided to move it slightly off center. So, in fact, both uh, Jim and Katie are correct in this situation um, in that point. But um, thank you, mediator Brian. Yes. So what I thought we would do is I wanted to give a little background here on both the book and the film, and then we're going to have a discussion. And feel free, anybody uh, who's with us on our live Facebook stream, uh, to share questions. If you're somebody who listens to us on the pod, obviously the show's already been recorded. You can feel free to on email us. We'll give you the, on the podcast. <laughs> I, I'm trying to streamline Um Feel free to email us your thoughts or share the video as we go along. All right. um, Some toys so while Brian does this one. That I want the shoes. What are oh, we doing okay. over here? Just gonna liven up the video while you're talking. Oh, okay. Uh, so first of all, I want to talk uh, like we did with Raiders of the Ark last week. Mm-hmm. There's an interesting developmental uh, phase for both the book and the movie, and they're kind of very different scenarios and situations in terms of how they went about developing these things. First of all, the book itself, which is obviously the origin of this whole story, um, 
was something that J.K. Rowling had built up over a long period of time. Uh, you know, her parents, in fact, were not overly supportive of her. Uh, they claimed that her overactive imagination would ever, never be able to pay the mortgage, uh, which clearly they were far off base on. Yeah. So she could pay pretty much half of the uh, country of England's mortgage now, probably. Uh, but she began the process of writing Harry Potter in 19. 19- 1990, and she did something a little different than a lot of authors, not a lot of authors that will do this. She spent five years developing the books in her mind before she actually wrote Sorcerer's Stone, which we, we should know it is known as Philosopher's Stone uh, across most of the world. And I don't know why very, it's not known as Philosopher's Stone here. I actually think it's a better, question. better title. Uh, but she actually planned out where the book was going to go over a seven book arc. And when she wrote the book, she was on government assistance, writing it in Edinburgh cafes on a typewriter with her daughter in a carriage next to her. Mm. Um, And here's the thing I thought was really living out of a car like Jewel. No, she wasn't. It's amazing how much you know about Jewel now, Jim, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really you didn't is. Know, you didn't know a single song, but now yeah. you know Jewel's whole life story. She lived the out of a car. slowly wrote, unravels here for us. The Sorcerer's um, Stone. J.K. Rowling she, she, stole it, and it was the... That's what she the, did. Yeah. Yeah, well, perfect. Um, and then finally, this I found really interesting because I had never heard this except for doing the research. She was told she could not use her real name. Because the publisher said, boys will never read a book written by a woman. And that's where the JK came from. The K came from her grandmother, her maternal grandmother's first name. Because the publisher refused to do that. Just kidding, Rowling. Just kidding. So that's it. Now, the film development, and you know, we, we tend to focus obviously on films here, though we'll get into the book today. The film was a little bit more of a big budget thing from the beginning um the book was a huge hit once a publisher bought it and everybody started to jump at buying the book in fact as an odd trivia fact last week's director was almost the director of this movie steven spielberg pitched an animated stop motion like version of this film where Haley Joel Osment would have been the voice of Harry Potter. And also he would have combined Sorcerer's Stone with Chamber of Secrets. And it would have been a kind of like they did. Didn't they do that, Jim, with the uh, Lord of the Rings cartoon? Um, the one we had when we were little. Wasn't that a combination of the two? Yeah, it was not good. Was some kind of weird, but that's what that would have been. Thankfully, um, it got into the hands eventually of Chris Columbus, uh, who probably most people our age will remember as the director of Home Alone, though he did a lot of other stuff, but Home Alone in particular. And they loved the idea of Chris Columbus because he could direct children. And Warner Brothers had a real issue here. Part of the reason they went was almost went with Spielberg is they thought we're not going to be able to do the CGI because they were filming this in 1999. And the other thing is they were terrified of the idea of the children. How young would they have to be? And they knew that they had bought into this entire series. How would they be able to keep it so they were actually looking the ages that they needed to be? Yeah, I mean, but, like, to be honest, like, I, I don't know what they were worried about in 1999. They just had to throw money at it. Like, there's, there was stuff that came out well before this that 
that was challenging CGI-wise. Uh, I agree. I don't know either. Maybe it I mean, was the a Lord of the issue. Rings came out. Didn't it come out before this? Uh, yes, it did. So it might have. Yeah, it might have. I, so, I think it might have solely been the fact, and we'll talk about this, that this first film is ultimately a children's book. And, you know, we think of Harry Potter now as a, this huge global thing, even though it was very popular at the time it was being made. It was not what it is now. We've had all these people who have grown up with 20 plus years with Harry Potter. So now you have adults who will do it, teens who will do it, right, young right, kids. Right. You know, I think they were probably thinking of this as a better version of Pete's Dragon or <laughs> Charlie and the Chocolate. You know, they're like, OK, uh, we'll make this. Well, and, by the time they made it, how many books were out? I don't, I don't remember. Uh, no, I think... Not many. The first, no, the, first three, the first three. I think only the first three. And that's part of the thing we have to talk about, I think, with the movie and the book is when I was rewatching the movie and the book, you know, having read all of them and seen all of them, you kind of forget when certain things happen. Yeah. And you forget how young they are in the in, in the first book, how young they are in the, and how much stuff of Harry Potter lore. Like we're drinking butterbeer. Butterbeer is not even brought up in the first book. They never go down um, mm -hmm. to die. To, you know, they go to Diagon Alley, but oh, they don't the, go down to Hogsmeade. They mean, never yeah. even they never even make it there. I was like, oh, where is that part? And yeah. you realize that's not until Chamber of Secrets and Dang. Prisoner of Azkaban that they really do that. Um, so we get the movie made, and why don't we start? We'll we'll go into the movie. Yeah. We'll 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 jump back and forth with the um, book as well. And if you're somebody who has a question. Uh, please feel free to um, hop in with us yeah, here let, and, and add in what, let what Katie, you might think. Let Katie educate us on on her uh, reading and watching of the of Harry Potter this uh, week. It holds up. You you you, you <laughs> do mo up. you do moderate a Harry Potter. Uh, I, I club, am the, I am the moderator of the Harry Potter Club, and I will be honest in my confession that every single one of my students knows more than I do about Harry Potter because most right. of them have read the series multiple times, um, watched all of the movies multiple times, and. I have a Harry Potter trivia game that we could play tonight. They can answer oh. every single question in the game. I can answer just a handful. I, based on those questions, you were. I hope that's not the oh, no. ones you that's were reading not what for we the show. With the kids, because though. you might be looking for work. If yeah, you're reading Katie those was able to find uh, a game called Cards Moving Against over the Models. Others. Which Cards one? against. Wait, I'm no, confused. no, it's okay. Brian doesn't no, need to see it. Oh, right, you can't see it, Brian. Uh, yeah, it's okay. I know you what have it is. a different. I'm so confused. Cards against Muggles is uh, basically Cards Against Humanity, but it's all Harry Potter themed, and it is as dirty as yeah. Cards Against Humanity. If mm -hmm. you've ever played that game, Katie can't play it live on a camera um, on things that are <laughs> recordable. But we you can should read one check it here. out. Oh yeah, yeah I, have, I pulled you, out some PG. Read I'll read one. Read, one. <clears throat> read a question. We made some. We made some curated matches mm -hmm. because they're funny. Um, due to a security breach, the new password for the prefect's bathroom is Granger Danger. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's funny. That's funny. That is. Yeah. And this coming from the man who thought something about Mary wasn't funny. I, uh, that was actually that, funny. That yeah, yeah. Katie agreed with me about something, something about Mary. About dude, you're Mary not going to win that fight, dude. That something about Mary. Funny for teenage something boys. about Mary is not funny. funny for teenage boys. All right, so let's okay. let's get into mm. Sorcerer's Stone, uh, and we'll bounce around for book movie again. If we have any Harry Potter fans out there who are, uh, you know, like Katie is saying, the obsessive ones who have mm -hmm. read it multiple times, mm -hmm. 
please chime in. I, I, I did reread it and we did rewatch the movie and I did have 45 pages of notes that oh I my condensed gosh. for this. Are you serious uh, right now? I, right. Am. I am. So here, here, here are my main points. Number one, I would have a hard time finding a movie that has better casting than this movie. You read that book, and I feel like if I can try to rewind to before I saw these characters on film, seeing the movie for the first time was like seeing everything that I had imagined. Every character exactly the way that J.K. described them. I, I think that the casting is phenomenal. Um, from the physical down to just like mannerisms. Yep. Uh, yeah. they're, they're spot on. The characters are spot on. And it's it's kind of interesting with the casting because J.K. Rowling said she like cried when she saw uh, Daniel uh, Ratcliffe's thing. And she's like, I found my long lost son. Yeah. But they had to basically I don't want to say beg him to be in this film. His dad's actually a casting director or agent. I can't remember which one. And they went to him and said, no, no, we want him. And and his dad kind of knew what the deal would be. They knew how big this book was in England. And they're like, if we do this, then it's obviously going to be one of those things that impacts his life forever. You know, and, and one could argue that really he's tried to do a lot of different things on film, but mm-hmm. he's always kind of Harry Potter. Oh, and it's 100%. not even that he's a bit it's not even he's a bad actor in some hey. of the other stuff he, he he's done. But, you know, if he was a very good actor and he was on Broadway, uh, not Broadway, oh, yeah. uh, he was he on the West End on stage. Broadway and the, the yeah. world lost but he was on mind. the West End stage doing I think it was Oliver Twist. I can't remember which one. it was a Dickens one. And people were like, that raving wasn't about the one him. where he, he got this, naked. No, I, I don't. That was think something that. with a horse. Equus. Yes. Equus, um, yes. But if you uh, has, has anyone seen uh, uh, Horns, which is um, that's the one where is he? I haven't, but I remember the trailer. He yeah, grows yeah. horns. Is he a yeah. devil in that? Is nah, that what he? Or well, he... you gotta you gotta watch it. It's a book. It's based on a book by Stephen King's son Joe Hill, and it's excellent. Um, and he plays the main character Ig, who is uh, this guy growing horns. Yeah. Gotta, yeah, but he's but he's good in it, right? I mean, he's yeah, been, he's, he's apparently he's, very critics good. Critics really like him in the stuff he's in. I need his to casting it. is his casting's perfect. And you're right, Katie. All the casting. I was trying to think like often when they cast books to movies, there's at least one character that people get irate about. Mm-hmm. You know, they say this is a this is a travesty or. Yep. Well, the, stu- the that's studio because com- they cast it on race and white people didn't lose their mind like the well, dark that's tower. True. That's yeah. true. Well, no, means- no, but it's not. But it's not just that. A lot. Sometimes it's not about race. It's about we need somebody who's that big marquee person, and we're going to squeeze them in. And let me give you the greatest example of the studio actually holding true to their to what they believe. Okay. Robin Williams offered to play Hagrid for free. Couldn't do it. He he went and said, I will play Hagrid. You don't have to pay me a salary at all. I'll do this for free. And they said no, because Chris Columbus, even though he's an American, was 100 percent on every single person in the film who was British being British. Yeah. But most studios wouldn't have done mm-hmm. that. I mean, think about Robin Williams. You know, but, and but this, even... is, this is the late 90s. Robin Williams was a marquee, marquee, marquee guy that could have, you know, most would have said, OK, we're, we're putting Robin Williams in Hagrid. OK, we can put him in stilts, whatever. He, he obviously does voices. That's not a problem. And they said, no, we're going to go with Robbie Coltrane, who's amazing. But let's be fair. 
the name Robbie Coltrane or Robin Williams. You, yeah. you know, the market people had to be sitting there and saying, come on, Robin when Williams. You look at, when you look at the notable actors that they use, though, they're spot on. You know, Alan Rickman as Snape is like. Well, he's really the only. Amazing. And and Maggie. Well, she wanted him from the beginning. She uh, wrote she's, that character. She is. I guess a, so. Yes. She, she is no, a but famous she wrote actress. that character. She always felt that that was him. And he wasn't necessarily thrilled about it. He was a little apprehensive. Even, you know, for his entire the rest of his life, unfortunately, he passed away with that role, you know, even though he's tremendous. In it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he okay. was. But, Let's but move we, on. Yeah, move on. But that was We've great. beat the horse. Here we go. Um, so that talking about Hagrid, Hagrid's entrance to me is one of the best scenes in the yeah, movie. It's great. And again, I think it's it holds up to the way that the book describes it. Now, that. That piece of the narrative is trimmed down a lot in the film, but I don't think you lose anything. Like you still get, um, you know, that th these letters have been showing up through the Owl Post mm -hmm. and and you know, Which bombarding love, the, the house that, in all kinds of ways. Yeah, that visual. Uh, I think there's a few visuals in the movie that mm -hmm. are like that scene of the letters coming in at the Dursley house. Yeah. I, I forgot how much Dursley stuff yes. the opening and of the novel see, was. And I think they did a I thought they did a pretty good job of getting the essence of that and then getting to Hagrid fast enough. I agree that you still got an idea of who the Dursleys were, what their issues they were. were the, how so this is where like, Jim and I were. argued about this, about whether you needed so much of the pre-Hogwarts stuff, and I stand firm with a yes. I didn't understand, no. you need to establish what life has been like for Harry before he gets to Hogwarts. If, they, if J.K. skimped on that and just said, like, he had been living in a room True. under the stairs with, you know, a family that made him wear the son's old clothes, if they, if they made that smaller... You wouldn't have felt it as strongly. And one of the things that I think think is incredible about the book, which is also matched in the movie, is the tone of these stories is flawless. Somehow it walks the line between being like sad, serious stuff that to me as adults you watch and you feel for that child in a totally different way than children reading those books. Like... They so they to, they toe the line of like Harry is an abused child, right? Like he is an abused child. If there was a human child living like that today in the world, we would say yeah. that's that's abuse, right? But no, somehow absolutely. there's it, but it never gets too sad, well, right? Like, like somehow think, she manages to keep it light. But I also think what they do ultimately in the series is reflect this idea that through them and you don't see it with the 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 other families you see it, the Malfoys all these people to me right. what's so interesting about the Dursleys is they give you this idea of they're these people who you know they aspire to be something more than they are and they live in a little crappy house that they think's a big house and they think their son's amazing when in fact he's not at all and what they're doing is they're kind of like this they're showing us what the people who follow Voldemort really are all about like they would have followed Voldemort if they were 
wizards. Ooh. And we don't really get that with some of the other people. So I think they're kind of echoing. And I almost thought this when I watched it this time and I never thought it before. It was almost like Wizard of Oz. When you watch Wizard of Oz, have all the real world people are kind of mimicked in Oz when you yeah. watch it. Like the Dursleys are the Malfoys and some of these That's other people. Interesting. They're horrific people. But I think so you've got two different things going on there. You've got you've got power and you've got fear. So like Voldemort brings out the, this like need for power, need to be recognized, you know, and the folks that follow him. With the Dursleys, to me, that that speaks more to like why folks react in a way that is discriminatory, right? Where like they reject everything about the wizarding world because they they fear it, right? They they think that it's strange, it's other, it's not of them and so they literally try to lock it under the stairs yeah. like they don't yeah. want it to be but, in their world yeah. but you could also argue the idea of power is you know he wants to do that and that's his way of power well, dursley's way of locking away whereas Voldemort's the same way he doesn't want to be a a figure of authority like Dumbledore is, you know, Dumbledore uses authority through wisdom and mm -hmm. through kindness and things like that for Dursley and Voldemort. The idea of authority is power. Yeah. You know, we're not smarter. We're not better people. But in the case of Harry, he's a little kid, so I can lock him under stairs. In case of Voldemort, I have more power. So whoever's right. not going to be with me, I it's can also, lock them wherever they are. The, the way that Harry's treated as an orphan is very similar to things like Annie and Oliver Twist, like there is a very cruel nature to how he's treated, like you were saying. But that is not unique, obviously, to this piece of work. No, like, and, and I see don't that, think we see that all the time. And it and all of those things also walk that line of like this is clearly wrong. Um, and in this day and age, it would be criminal. But you know, back then, <laughs> not so no. Much. They got they, they they got away with it. So let's jump forward to where okay. Katie left off with the hag haggard yes. scene. Well, and I, I thought it was great. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted to talk to you just for a moment about that scene because Jim was saying, you know, why do they have well, to end up well, here, in this here, little here, like wait, wait, this out. little lighthouse? I will thing. tell you why I have problems with that. I completely understand it as part of the book. The movie. There is nothing to be gained by taking them out of their house. Like, I don't understand why true. they go to that, that, that. that lighthouse. That's true. It mm -hmm. didn't need to even be in the movie. I think, right. You know so I that's think developed that's more in the book. Yeah. yeah. But that, I also think that's fan service. And I, I mm -hmm. do wonder I at think times, something got cut out. Well, no, it probably did. I mean, Chris Columbus said when he was filming it, he goes, I could have made a seven to eight hour film. Yeah. And well, so there probably was something with and them. And the visual would have been great. Vacation. Like, you know, the, the visual in the book of like Mr. Dursley rowing the canoe with like a giant, like, yeah, it was French very royal, baguette royal doll esque. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's, it, again, Jim and I talked last night about how there there are so much in this book that's supposed to lean towards the ridiculous you know like oh, absolutely. We'll, yeah, absolutely. we'll get to quidditch like there's you're you've got fantastic re reality happening but you're also like again she toys with like there's supposed to be stuff where you're like yeah don't think too hard about it right like <laughs> like yeah this this overweight well, dad is going to row a canoe out to a vacation home in the yeah. middle of a storm and we're just going to be okay with it like that's going to happen and it's funny <laughs> that's what and, he will do to get away from the wizarding world and then Hagrid's gonna save the day yeah yeah and I think it's interesting that 
they do what I think some other books to movies don't do well, which is they kind of say, and Chris Columbus' whole idea for this, he's like, I'm making this as a companion piece to the movie. And and they, they're making to the it book. saying- To the book. People, yeah, sorry, to the book. And he's basically saying, listen, people are reading this book. You know, this is a, a, a worldwide global success. They're going to know how they got to the island. And I'm going to show it. And I I agree from a, if we're doing it solely from a movie perspective, I'm sitting there saying, yeah, this is kind of an odd jump. And I think, Jim, a lot of a lot of directors or movies based on books probably would have done the same thing as you. Why bring it to a different set? You know, we, we haven't established this right. at all. And I think they're just working under this premise that this has all been established because people read the book. Right. And what we're going to do is we're going to give literally this first one. And there's arguments to be made if we do the other movies moving on from this. This might be the most um, faithful yeah. And it's like we're we're not going to change very much here. No. And you could argue maybe as just a, a a film in not connected to the book, there are elements of the um film that suffer because of that. Right. Yeah. And this is probably I mean, well, one the books of those get here. longer too after this. Yes. Yeah. So. I've been reading so I've been reading and watching simultaneously and so we finished the movie last night and I was reading um, you know, close to the end of the book and just amazed at how true it like down to the words spoken, the like yeah, a lot of the it is so is spot on. Yeah. So uh, what was I just going to say? Oh, so the other thing that amazes me about the film is that oftentimes the novel, the book to film adaptation um, is particularly difficult when the book is a first person narration because True. you have so much happening in the mind of the character that somehow has to make its way onto screen or or it doesn't, right? Like so the, the director has to decide how important are those thoughts. Um, and there's a lot, there's a lot that goes on in Harry's head. And to me, the I don't know, the magic of how those ideas come forward into the movie production is is really magical. Like, I, yeah. I think it's so well done. I'm going to pull a, a Jason from how this get made and say, guys, we're at 40 minutes into this podcast. And we're only 12, 12 minutes into okay. the, uh, All right. I'm, into I'm the I'm movie. I'm jumping ahead. Yeah. I'm jumping ahead. Here we go. Okay. Let's and get I the Hogwarts because, like, yeah. to be honest, right, so, like, so mm-hmm. Diagon mm-hmm. Alley, awesome. Uh, Gringotts, I actually thought the Gringotts, the way they shot it, was better than the way she described it in the book. So I was I was impressed by that. Um, we get the and whole Vern thing where Troyer and uh, yeah, what's his and, name were uh, um, what's that yeah mm-hmm. and but he's he plays multiple roles in this. He does, yeah. Um, so lots of great acting. We get to Hogwarts. Um, we'll skip ahead because, listen, if you're watching this, you probably like Harry Potter and you know what's going on. They so get on the Hogwarts Can we Express. just do like a moment on the, the effects? Because to me, like yeah. 2001, like so, you know, when you when you write a fantastic setting, <laughs> um, I, again, the the risk of putting that on screen is that it falls short of the imagination. But I think the impact of, you know, seeing Hogwarts for the first time, seeing the Grand Hall, um, the, you sorting know, hat. Qu- the sorting hat, oh, the sorting hat's great. The sorting hat looks Quidditch practical. for the first time, like everything. It almost did look practical. Amazes. I would agree with you with that. It they they like did great. Puppet, yeah. I think there's, I think there's, um, there's a couple of shots in this film 
which are just really impressive. And the the boats going up to Hog yep. Hogwarts is one of them. Yeah. The the what I was shocked at is the first time into the Grand Hall is actually a practical effect. They hung real candles. That's awesome. From this from the seal. By the way, you can go to the Grand Hall. If you go to England, it's part of a Harry Potter tour. That's very which, cool. Which uh, I would like to do I kind of kicked myself. I did. We did. Aileen and I did not go on the Harry Potter tour when we, <laughs> we weren't in England for a long time. I ultimately wish uh, we had. Now will be a good excuse to go back. Um, but you're right. Their visuals are so good in this movie. Yeah. And John John Seal um, is the DP in this movie, and it's really interesting uh, when I tell you one of the movies he's most famous for. Dead Poet Society. Hmm. Okay. And yeah, I thought well, that it's was a, a, it's a classroom but, movie. But that's what I mean. I think it was a brilliant decision yep. by them to get that because the way they shoot it and what I think is so fantastic because we're dealing with wizards and there's moments of, you know, obviously craziness. They're wizards, they're witches. But when you're reading the book, you never feel like it's a science fiction book or like mm -hmm. something that's right. crazy there. And they're able to ground it by the way they shoot it. They lit the film. If you go back and look at the film, it's almost all natural light. So they use candles and torches. And right. that's what I felt like the the book was. Um, and I thought they were besides the casting. I thought they did a great job. Well, with that. it's very like, relatable. All the settings and everything. Yeah. The book and the movie are both very relatable because of the cycle of the school year. Right. Like I feel like everyone had everyone, at least in the U.S., uh, you know, and and countries that kind of follow a similar school year have that sort of ingrained where you're starting in September, you're going through, there's a break in, at Christmas and New Year's, and then you have a second semester and you, you kind of have the summer away. Um, and, and I feel like that portion of this story is so relatable. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the stuff that Harry's dealing with is just normal kid yeah. crap. Yeah, I mean, you, know? you have all of the classic ideas of, yeah. of the, the coming-of-age story. I mean, you, know, yeah, you have the yeah, bullying, right. you have the haves and the have-nots, you have the the teacher versus student drama, the teacher that hates you. Yeah. You know, it's all things that everybody can grasp onto. It's basically yeah, a John Hughes movie with wands. Yes, and <laughs> true. And, but you know what? There's There's a... There's a value to this, and this ties back to last week when we did Raiders of the Lost Ark, I think, in some ways. This is a, a form, a formulaic setup in terms of some mm -hmm. of the things are done. But it's it's so well done. And all the books, we don't we won't go yep. on the other books, so hopefully we do them sometime. But Jim, you're so right. Like each book moves along the school year. Yeah. And I think there's there. They break away in uh, in Half Blood Prince, right? Is that they the last do. one? They do, yeah. Half Blood Prince, and then obviously the last book as well. But and I think actually that was brilliant by her, and that's a discussion for when we get there because that's such a jarring experience because we've been lulled into five books of it being each season, and we kind of go yeah. through it, and there's the Quidditch match. You know, you got so used to it, and then she, in Half-Blood Prince, changes that, and then obviously in the last book changes it, and you feel like they feel, which is, this is not what we're comfortable with, and I think that there is a a simplicity to it that's almost a brilliance to it that mm -hmm. she's not trying to invent something new. She's just made what has been invented before her that much better. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's time for a uh, uh, cards yep. with muggles break. Cards, oh yes, give us a card. Cards, cards against, against muggles. Here we go. Break. Here we go. Next year's Yule Ball will be DJed by Hermione Granger in a fur suit. 
<laughs> yep. Okay. That was good. We need Katie's, that. Katie's on to her next talking point. Um, so I'm one more, one more my effect. I'm changing glasses because I can't read any notes I have. <laughs> I, I wanted, I, I didn't bring down, I think the version of the book that I'm reading is the first printed American copy. I know it's different than, it? the, than the Philosopher's Stone. Show me yours. Is it, what you got. The, the yes. one, this is the famous, yes. yeah, yes, probably yes, yes. the famous one. Okay, right? so here's, so th look, Bri, can you find yes. the, the picture of the troll? So this is what, like, blew Do you know my where mind. In said, uh, troll is going to be, I don't right, know, I'll find it. I'll find like 75% through. So, the troll doll? The troll toll? Looking can at the characters the, as they're drawn so in the book, and I, let's Damon? look at the publishing date, but I Night think it's pre-movie. The... the the, all right. <laughs> Can we just get out our always sunny Go references? Ahead. Yep, please. do it. Yep. Do you want to sing anymore? Oh, the, by the, the way, they're doing a Are Home Alone episode. Yes. That's awesome. By the way, yeah. the Nightman episode is the only episode of Always Sunny's in, in Philadelphia that Aileen thinks is funny. So all I just right. want to, we've talked about how she hates that show before. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm looking for the troll picture for you. Uh, the troll spot Intended. on. The, yes. the, the troll that they produced in the movie. This one looks, yeah. Look at that. Wait, said, said, oh, hold on. There, there you go. Yeah, is yep. that good? Spot on. Yeah. It's like it's the same thing. It's the same yeah. thing. They did a great job. And listen, uh, I just oh, want to do oh, this. No, sorry. Wait, I need okay. another moment about that scene. So you have okay. the scene where the troll gets into to the girl's bathroom and is with Hermione, right? Yeah. And yeah. so what I was thinking during the movie was like, wow, they to me did a uh, um, that what maybe a scene that i think is done better in the film yes. than in the book Completely because agree. you get the terror of that moment the true yeah. danger that that would be yep. hermione's powerlessness of like having no idea how she could possibly fight something of that size and strength um, and the three of them like tackling it together in a way that the audience is not sure how that's going to yeah. play out you know n none of the three of them know yeah it's pretty violent magic enough to like take care of something yeah, like and that i, I you think know? it's the second time i think gringotts is better than the book and mm -hmm. i think that scene's better than the book yeah now, it's really just as well a quick done. aside because i've actually put my glasses on and i can follow the commentary that's going on here and i just noted um that our good friend dave falcone may or may not still be watching and it brings up it. something that 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 i wanted to just bring up as an aside here for almost 20 years i have been pushing for jim to do a harry potter concept album katie you might remember this and every oh, and wow. i've been constantly shot down uh jim could tell you i had the idea for hamilton a musical before hamilton the musical came out i had a poster of tom cruise and top gun Next to a Katie Holmes poster Dave is before here. they even before they oh even knew each God. other. Yes, yeah, you're, is... you're obsession. You shipped them before they shipped each other. Exactly. My <laughs> point is this. Is that how the kids say it? Is that what yes, the kids do, know. Katie? But my point is yes, this. Kale Reason is coming back together. It will be part of my recommendations for this week. Can we finally get a Harry Potter trip? Uh, a uh, Harry Potter album. Can yeah, I, absolutely. Can I play Brian, the song? Or is it right copyright now. infringement? It's copyright Snape, infringement. Snape. I can't do it. Snape, Snape. Oh, right. Seven. I'm, what's I'm the name saying, of that? What's the name of that video? Dumb 
Hold on. Yeah, Katie would like everyone to go watch a you video on YouTube video. after the uh, my students. After my students the have shared. No. It's Potter yeah. Puppet Pals. Potter Puppet Pals. Don't go there yet. Do it at the, the mysterious after the show. ticking noise. The mysterious ticking noise. Yeah. Um, it literally has 182 million views. Yeah, 182 million. My students million are probably views. responsible for one slightly, million. Slightly less than last week's um, episode on Comedy's episode on. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's just. Below our let, I mean, we've been talking for a while now. Let's talk about. Katie, do you have anything else in your notes that you have this to talk about? Quidditch. Officially oh, yeah. So let, let's just talk about our favorite stuff. Okay. Let's so talk Brian, about Quidditch. You, pick, pick some, awesome. you want to talk? Okay. You let's and Katie want to talk about Quidditch. Go ahead. I, I, I like Quidditch. And I want to add that uh, on the Boston Commons this weekend, there were people playing Quidditch. Yeah. Which well, I found to be interesting. And I am just putting this out there. I would like to be invited to said Quidditch game. If anybody's watching this and it's having, I don't know what it involves, um, but I want to play uh, Muggle Quidditch. I think I will bring. I, Brian, I'll buy I have a setup. I have the setup. We do it. We you do, have it. Yeah, we do it at my at my club all the time. I, it's I want to. So when I come down for the Pale Reason show, I'm going to wear a GoPro and do a Facebook Live of. Uh, you're going to injure. You're going to injure yourself. I probably will, but it will be fantastic. <laughs> it will be amazing. So let's talk Quidditch. So um, first of all, Chris Columbus gets a deserves i think a lot of credit for this uh in terms of how they were going to shoot this scene so let me give a little background then katie i want to hear what you thought about it mm-hmm. um his motivation for this is he said i want it to be like the first time anybody has ever seen an nfl game so a little mm-hmm. kid watching yeah, yeah. an nfl game and i thought that was kind of cool the problem was how do you shoot this mm-hmm. england law in england um, all the kid actors, and I didn't know this, all the kid actors were only allowed to work three hours a day. Holy Hannah. That's it. For every day, even on weekends, they were only allowed to work three hours a day. So they had three separate sound stages filming the Quidditch uh, at the same time. And they actually built the stands and everything yeah. life-size and put green screen behind it. Which to me, this scene, I thought it held up really well. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty damn good job of of shooting it. I don't know what you guys thought of it, but I was pretty impressed with how they pulled this one off. I I, I liked it. I still don't fully understand Quidditch, but that's me. <laughs> Again, I don't I, need to. I, I don't think need it's to supposed it. to be yeah. one of the things that leans towards like the ridiculous. The, the, bludgers, the whole idea that there yeah. was a game that lasted for three died. months. I'm okay with the three month game. No, you're not. The that's, one ridic- thing, that's, the, re- that's ridiculous. No, the that one is thing almost I, the one... as long as last night's World Series game. It's almost as long as your podcast. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna make a prediction right here. There'll be in 25 years. There'll be more people playing Quidditch than there will be playing baseball. It just feels I, like the hockey season. Right How so, long is the I, hockey season? So the, um, yeah, the only th- my only thing with Quidditch is that they with the Golden Snitch they basically have like an automatic win. So I, I that part of the game just gets it's just you're weird. you're arguing the tenets of Quidditch. Yeah, what did you think about the actual filming of Quidditch? I can't get by the tenants of Quidditch to talk about I'm gonna the get actual. You. Film. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to get you a Quidditch a history. For uh, Christmas, I like it. I like the I like the game. I like the the Quidditch match. It was great. It was uh, it, was it was pretty really cool. well done. I love the um, 
Like, and again, they are not scared to shy away from violence mm-hmm. in this at all. No, they're not. I agree yeah. with that. You know Our what, kids Katie, still haven't finished to, it because the end is so scary. Get, getting yeah. back to um, you brought up the first person idea, the problem with first person stuff. What I liked about the Quidditch is they shot it first person. Like when he's walking out, mm-hmm. they doubled um, the camera for Harry walking out. And right. I thought that that was so that you one get those, him. Yeah, I love him that. feeling it for I, the first time. Yeah, because it is it, it, like totally. that was like, how do you get around it? Do you know what I also popped into my mind was this? I kind of sort of imagined this is what George Lucas wanted the pod racer scene hmm. in Phantom Menace to be, but it was nowhere near no. as good. No. Because they're like the beats to it, like the use of music, all this yeah. type of stuff. This is like a significantly Oh, we didn't even talk about the music yet. Oh, yeah, the this okay. is a significantly better version of How the pod How many minutes are we, Brian? Where are we? What's we happening? We are fine. This is oh, a right. special Can edition pod. There's just a few more effects that I gotta. So yeah, the go the, the moving portraits and the stairwells. Yeah. So to me, like these are these are transition areas. Like they didn't need to spend a lot of time but on those. De- the detail. But they did, and like just the kids walking up those staircases in the shot where they look up and see the staircases moving for the first time and then the portraits changing and i just thought that scene was amazing yeah loved that which um, is by the way who scored this oh i don't know oh shoot i should know that john williams no john what's his williams. name yes. oh, john really? williams john yep. williams has scored Everything. Pretty much every film we've done but on it's phenomenal. Which I, I, I almost I actually made a note. I made a note today. I was I was That's looking funny. at what we're doing uh, upcoming and I made a note to myself, let's pick an effing movie that doesn't have John Williams score it. Because That's I was really starting funny. to he feel- said that uh the next Star Wars is his last Star yeah. Wars. Well, he by said, the way, no more I, Star actually, Wars for him. I actually listen to a lot of John Williams stuff. If you're somebody who has Amazon Prime, you get the uh, free Amazon Prime music app you can get. And there's a fantastic John Williams greatest movies hit yeah. that you can listen to for free. And it's pretty all the movies we've done so far that have a John Williams score. There's stuff from that. And I actually I'm a big person. I read. I, I listen when I read books. I listen. Person. No, no. Really I'm small. talking about a big you're person. When I, I am average height you're, how, you're based as upon, tall as i am based, based, i am not as tall i am taller than you how tall are you i she am thought she was taller than me brian so i, I thought i was that tall now yeah, next thing you're gonna like say next thing next thing you're gonna say you're faster than me and we're gonna have to start talking um, about you i'm gonna say that we're gonna have to test that out on november 17th because <laughs> i doubt, I doubt we, that we do any of us race, have run like, uh, like Jerry, street like race Jerry outside of 118 yeah, north like, and wayne like Jerry on did. november 17th jim and i have raced i know that I when we race. met jim was faster than i was but I, it hasn't I happened have, since I then yeah. no we, we haven't have, raced since there has then. been no need to re-race has, oh yes oh there is need oh i will i, I will outrun you now of money that i will beat you in a foot race false I, I think I've gotten faster and the two of you have gotten slower. Anyway, I, I, we need to I, move I, on. We need to move yeah. on. I think Dave wants in on the foot race, too. Next. Dave is not involved. Dave um, runs marathons. I want to come back. Not, in no way is involved in anything I am doing. Can we come uh, back Jim, to the I'm comparison? I'm like trying to keep you focused. You. Katie what? wants to keep this? us focused. I'm trying to keep you focused. Uh, mm. That's never worked. No, I know. This is, right, so, this is so not going to be a 90-minute podcast. Here we go. It could be a 90-minute no, podcast. No, it's not. It could be a 
It could be a 120-minute podcast. We're just going to have to cut out Katie's parts out. I have to go do some actual work tonight. Are you you too serious? Okay, so uh, you made the comparison to Star Wars, and I was trying to think of, is there anything else that you could compare this series to in terms of fan loyalty, the ability to grab a younger audience? Like, I'm watching my students as enthralled with these films as kids were when they came out what 17 years ago yeah um, i actually yeah no i agree i actually think if but you, you have look the books at, in addition you, which makes it better no, than star you wars. Do. i think actually harry potter surpasses star wars i agree because if because if you look and and now i'll probably get death threats for yeah, this well, it's okay. but i mean the i'm pupils, already killing both of you the, <laughs> no but you can't defend the there's I'm, no book I, to no, defend I'm, I, I'm sorry the prequels are not good movies and i actually just today put that put on our com majors uh calendar for the year it is the 20th anniversary of phantom menace so we're gonna do wow. it and we're gonna do That's it awesome. in may we're no. gonna do Phantomism. No, yes, we are. Yes, we are. So, speaking of the prequels, we just watched Fantastic Beasts not that long ago, mm-hmm. right? Oh, Brian don't talk like too much. It. It's it's part of our uh, spanning the globe. It's yeah. incredible. Okay. Brian didn't like it. Anyway, the first one. Yeah, I Brian. didn't like it. So Brian wait, wait. Okay. A- Aileen, Aileen fell asleep. I will say the you know the only thing that culturally is probably close to uh, Harry Potter and Star Wars. But it doesn't really capture a, a stop. Just let me do it. Would not Just, capture. Thank you. Um, Are you putting whipped cream yes, on his nose? on my face. Um, and it, it has butterscotch on it, too. Would be, it doesn't capture a, a younger audience because it's not a younger story. It would be Lord of the Rings. Um, mm. And and it's yeah. so much older. It's not J- as J- readable. T- Tolkien is unreadable. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I, it oh, no, 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 no. So the beauty of Harry... Here's, here's, Tolkien is unreadable. To me, here's I, why I J.K. That. is going to be one of the greatest writers of all time and why I will defend Harry Potter as a English teacher and literature geek. Great literature, not all of it, but I think great literature should be able to be read by the masses um, and, and, and have that wide range of interpretation. So I love that, you know, fourth graders can binge the Harry Potter series and get so much out of it. Mm-hmm. Like and Jane that Eyre. adults who love books... <laughs> More than just Nicholas Sparks. Shut up. Um, There's nothing can, wrong with Can Nicholas do the Sparks. same thing, right? Can like can it, read yes. these series and you can take it just at face value or you can analyze it Listen, and talk yes. about the deeper levels of meaning and symbolism and it holds up. It holds up. Thanks, Gene. Yeah, yeah that's all, right. all I'm aiming to be I, I, on this podcast. Right. This, is this show is off the goddamn rails. I don't even know... <laughs> I'm just going to start. <laughs> you guys, notes. guys, I can't you even, I can't should even see, listening on. audience, you should see the I, notes that these I, two I, men I come I, here. They just I showed me pages. There's pages of notes. Pages of notes. You're right. It's all Brian. Brian writes the notes. I, I, we do have one of, one of my Here's college I, notebooks I, somewhere. I did that. I got, I got, yeah. s- that's what I have. Listen, I, I love I I, I got Brian the key, so yeah. The enduring thing about this is we love it. And so let's okay. move let's one more move one more a scene. Couple, wizard, yeah, chess. Couple, wizard chess. Wizard chess. Wizard chess. A couple of things chess. here that were really good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, all right. Wizard chess scene is weird. I, I, I right. loved wizard chess. I Time love out. the idea of it. 
But time out. Podcast timeout. <laughs> this is where Paul would do a commercial during how this get made. Uh, time out. Can we Let's each and we got and we got to move. Me on. undies Let's are. Do, or, uh, Let's each do uh, one thing we liked about the movie that we haven't covered yet, and then okay. we'll move on. Okay, right. go ahead. You go first. Brian. I said mine. All right. So the one thing, I, if there's one thing left, I like about the movie. If you take mine, I'm gonna be so pissed. <laughs> movie slash book. Uh, it's Dumbledore. Okay, who great. I was shocked was in uh, thinking I'm, of how little he was in the book and how little uh, he was in the film. Um, and I love Harry. And I, oddly, I don't have a little a... Harry Potter pop. Um, I have all my other pops. I don't have a Harry Potter pop. Um, I love. This is, just pretend this is Harry Potter. Yeah, there we go. I love the Dumbledore character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's and great. I think he but has. He's a, he's a I, carbon I, copy. You know that. I don't, yeah. Yeah, I don't We've care. We've seen him before, but. Exactly, and but I don't care. And I think as the older I get, I think Dumbledore might have become my favorite character. Mm. And I love the way he's portrayed in the book, and I love the way he's portrayed in the movie. And I just, I just enjoy what he is. And he had this fantastic quote um, in the book that they echo in the movie when at the end Harry has saved the uh, Sorcerer's Stone. And Harry is, as Harry always is, is concerned more about other people than he's concerned about himself. And he says, well, you've destroyed the stone. Nicholas Flamel's going to die. And he, he intros this whole idea that I think is very relevant to the whole series and, and, and foreshadows what's going to happen with Dumbledore, which is, yeah, Nicholas Flamel's going to die. And he's OK with that. Because, you know, life is only one aspect and death is not a big deal. And I just thought I, that that quote, which meant I don't think the first time I read the book, because I didn't know where the series was going. The first time you see the movie, you don't know mm-hmm. where the series going. Yeah. But Dumbledore is going to die. He's your Atticus Finch. Yeah. And and it is. It is he, nothing original about it. But there's just something so interesting that you can intro to a group of kids this idea that, you know, there's something more about life than this idea and it also parallels you know is a is such a strong counter to Voldemort and Voldemort's idea of I need to live forever I yeah. need Guys, the elixir well, so I can Dumbledore live. is the goodness and the light this and is, he's your this, truth teller and also this, that's why he wears glasses all of this is time is a flat circle all of this has been done before this yeah. is this is no, Lord of the Rings. Archetype. No, no, no. Not even like the archetype. This is the same story from Lord of the Rings to a T. Except except people could actually read it no, without oh, hearing dude, about a on. tree trunk for Yes, little pages. kids can read it. That is absolutely fair. Everybody yeah. can read it. That's the thing. I'm not saying I'm it's not he's new. your Gandalf. I, right, right. You're absolutely he is Gandalf right. and, and Voldemort is, is Sauron and that is the same exact like the, the whole but life coming to an end. people can read it. That's the difference. I understand that, dude. Um, it, Glinda the Good Witch. Simple people can read it. Yes, I'm grateful for that. It's a great book. But, it, I, you know, I, I'm not saying that, that, like, but I'm just saying that specific theme that you're talking about is the exact theme of, like, Aragorn and, and, and how, you know, when when the rings are destroyed, the elves have to leave because they're all going to die. Like, and and he basically says the exact same thing. Gandalf says, "There's there with without a coming death. Like, what what does how does that change the meaning of your life? Like, and and that theme is explored heavily in Lord of the Rings. Just just 
throwing it out there. Best character, Hagrid. And to be fair, let's throw Obi Wan into the mix too. Like when you yes, when, but we've <laughs> already we've already established that there's nothing ultimately original about it. Yeah. It's just the way she is establishing the characters in the universe she has. That's yeah. my point with it. And then I'm and and we've we've hit on this already. You asked. I did not like Fantastic Beasts the first one, and I'm actually going to rewatch it because uh, maybe I felt like. I wasn't positive enough about it, uh, but I'm actually really excited about the second one because of the young Dumbledore being mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. And that's Jude Law, right? It's playing him. That's Jude Law. So I'm actually excited and I, I will rewatch the, fir- the first movie because I'm intrigued by this. So I agree with you that there are many characters we can compare Dumbledore to. Do we have anybody who has predated Hagrid? In that same kind of a yeah. way? Chewbacca. No. False. <laughs> Chewbacca. That is not true. Um, not really. I would say as far as... Uh, I'd have to think about that one. So I I love the layers of Hagrid's character. I love that he, oh, he yeah, I didn't kind get to, of I didn't minor... get to do my favorite scene yet. Well, that's usual that you don't... But it it's sort of tie, ties into this. All right, go ahead. So my favorite scene... Um, and and I, it'll kind of lead into talking about my favorite characters. Um, is the very end when they're when they're rewarding the house cup, mm-hmm. and Dumbledore, you know, says, "Okay, Slytherin is in the lead by you know 150 points or whatever, 155, whatever it is." And then he proceeds to give Harry, Ron, and Hermione 50 points each for their heroic deeds in stopping Voldemort from getting the Sorcerer's Stone. And then he gives Neville Longbottom. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Neville Longbottom. Is Neville your favorite character? I would say that Neville and Ron are sort of tied for my favorite characters. And for the same reason that Samwise is tied for, is like one of my favorite oh, characters and agree, yeah. you know Han Solo is one of my favorite characters there are there are unlikely heroes are usually my favorite characters and I think um you know when when Voldemort or when uh um what's his name <laughs> when fake Gandalf says oh you're just <laughs> When fake you are being says, very pretentious. Can I just I, say this should be very pretentious? <laughs> Katie and I have embraced. As always, we have embraced Harry Potter. I, I couldn't see. This for is half my the princess episode. husband. Yeah. Yeah. You are a forty-year-old man drinking <laughs> Scotch whiskey. It's bourbon, uh, Brian. Where, where, whatever. Wearing a band, uh, an elitist uh, video game T-shirt. Uh, uh, whereas, <laughs> talking about in a novel where he spends seven paragraphs on the growth of moss on the backside of a tree. Yeah. We are talking about uh, some a beloved boy wizard. Uh, what is more out of the norm here is my question. And this is the exact time that we're going to take a break and play a muggle uh, Cards Against Humanity. Yes. Question. Oh, okay. Yes, yes this, this one. one. That, this one. one. that one. My, that one. <laughs> My Bogart is a whomping willow in a thunderstorm. There we go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Also, um, we have... You've got to get can, this you can do expansion this one. pack. You've you got to get this expansion pack, because so I, I can't cards, read 95% is, of actually, this. This is Cards Against Muggles. We can read this, this one. It's a little oh. dirty, but it's it's funny. Okay. Well, and, and I will, um, before you, read it first, and then I'm going to tell you something. Read it first. Okay. 
Uh, hold on. <laughs> this is what I'll do. Okay. There should be a new book that pairs Severus Snape and Neville Longcock. <laughs> <laughs> I think in it. <laughs> I, I think I think we might do because this is we, we you know each week we do the show as a Facebook live and a podcast both yeah. we might have to do when I come down in November for the pale reason show a, a segment of just this for just the podcast okay where we, we do don't that. have to worry we can do a little segment uh, of that episode where we just do some of these things um, you know Hagrid, we have I, all of the cards against humanities yeah. and their expansion packs including Jim DeSanto's name Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah. There's a, yeah, they sent me, so for Christmas, they always do Cards Against Humanity. There's yeah. this $10 gift thing where you, and you, you send them 10 bucks and they send you 10 cards. Yeah. Uh, oh, we will, we will absolutely. Yeah. And I, I have a card with my name on it. We'll so that's absolutely funny. play that game. All right. Katie, I, I loved Hagrid, by the way, too. I actually made it. Yeah. Really he's bad. great. I thought that, I thought the relationship, the way they filmed it was, was one of those things, again, that I almost thought was better in the film mm. than even in the book. Like, I thought it was good in the book. I understand they cut scenes from the book. But they there was a home run with ending on him walking away from the the train and everything was yeah, awesome. So, so Jim, I what feel is your that there thing? is a character. I feel that there's a character like right. Hagrid. And I'm well, trying to think about it. you fact check yeah. that for next yeah, week. Yeah. What were you saying, Brian? What's my? No, no, you go, you go. What do you, what do you want to talk about? We haven't talked about yet. Oh, that that was it. That, I wanted to talk about that Neville scene because I think it's amazing. That that's like my uh, my favorite like good hearted feeling of the whole of the whole uh, series there. And I think Rowling does a really good job in not in, in all the books of really walking the line of like what's appropriate behavior. So you have like this, this idea that there's bad people and there's good people. Um, and then there's like how you should act at school. And there's this whole idea of lighthearted mischief that isn't bad. And it's really, Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So like Minerva yeah. finding Harry flying, you know, when they're like they're not but supposed it starts, to be flying. But it starts it like, starts right at the beginning when Hagrid casts the spell to set the fire and then gives to, Dudley and, and the gives pig's Dudley tail. a pig's tail. Yeah. He says, Don't sell don't tell anybody. I'm not strictly supposed to be doing magic. And yeah. like and he's she's basically saying right off the bat, here's a really good person doing something that's kinda, you know, breaking the rules. Yeah, breaking slightly. the rules. And then, you know, from this point on, it basically becomes like floodgates for Harry and Ron and, and Hermione. They are, who are always breaking the rules. Who are always breaking the rules because rules need to be broken sometimes in order to do good. Yeah. And that's I, I feel like so much of this and I read when I read it and like look back at it and I almost like it's endearing because mm-hmm. it's an idea that has like we've moved away from it. I feel like it's like everything is so legal. Everything is so has. And it's like this idea of your opportunity to make mistakes or to do. I have to be honest. One of the things I loved about this book is the wizards weren't on Twitter. They weren't on the wizards weren't on smart. Like none of that was a part. And it's like they made mistakes and they did things. And the idea of challenging authority is awesome. The idea of what an authority figure should be. 
Well, and the authority awesome figures and let them be kids and let, you know, like the fact that Hagrid is, is given this like kind, you know, this position of power sort of in an institution that he was kicked out of. And you see this very special relationship between him and Dumbledore. You know, that scene where Minerva questions Hagrid bringing an infant Harry to the to the uh, Dursleys. And Albus saying, you know, I would trust Hagrid with my life. Um, mm-hmm. I, again, I think as Jim's saying, you get that notion that life isn't all about just obeying by the rules all the time. And there's more to a person's character than the individual choices that they've made. And we haven't even I have to say this and we have to spend a couple. I don't even care if we're long on this. I, I, I said Dumbledore is my favorite. One of the other characters that I feel like I've I've begun to appreciate more having a daughter is Harmony. Yeah, she's like, awesome. I, I, I think that she is. And actually, J.K. Rowling said this about the movies with Chris Columbus. Like he got her right yeah. from the very beginning. And I actually think throughout the books she might be the most important character she might be the besides one neville longcock besides neville longcock that's not okay but i but i think <laughs> she ultimately is the oh. one other than dumb i find dumbledore interesting and i understand he's he repeats like a lot there's these arguments with him about biblical tie-ins there's arguments with him yeah. about with with gandalf all that stuff she's so intriguing emma watson is so amazing and and i feel like we've shortchanged maybe her because we've been all over the place her and, and ron ron mm-hmm. are so good and chris columbus to all his credit and and they change it up as they get older he shot the scenes with them in continuity order, which most directors never do so that their relationship as it builds on screen is what it was building off. Screen. That's really cool. And 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 I, I feel like both of them will do the other books and the other movies as we move forward and we'll have more discussion yeah. of them. But they deserve a ton of credit for how good they are. Like and I actually thought Ron was mildly shortchanged in this movie. And maybe you could argue Harmony was and I don't pronounce that right. But Ron was shortchanged with the whole wizard chess thing at the end. Like there was scenes in the book that built. It was almost like a throwaway. Like I felt they robbed him a little bit of how because that was like him showing his worth. Right. Like, yeah. 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 And and I just I thought I remember that as well. And Katie, I guess we could say almost Katie is an umbrella throughout the casting was so good. But yeah. I I just think that the kids and Neville was awesome and 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 again I I felt it was hard and if you go back and watch this I was overall shocked with how much of a kids film it was my God how young they were yeah and like literally as a film as we move out of this and and the end is almost irrelevant to me yeah. this was like almost close to last week's Raiders episode the MacGuffin is almost irrelevant yeah. Yeah, you're the, right. The, the Sorcerer's Stone, the villain is very flat. I think this might be the worst villain in the Harry Potter series. And I and I almost give her some credit because they didn't need a villain. Mm-hmm. It was almost like this is all about character development. And this is where I think she deserves a lot of credit. Warner Brothers deserves a lot of credit. Chris Columbus, as a director, deserves a lot of credit in the sense that yeah. they understood that there was more to this series than this one film. And they didn't, and they they didn't were, get in the way. 
No, and he didn't. And, you know, I think there was a lot of criticism of him at this film. And and I think he deserves an amazing amount of credit for getting the kids through this movie. And, you know, he you could argue the first two movies are not the ones that are the best critic reviewed film. He deserves an ungodly amount of credit for getting these kids and turning them into actors. And like people love Prisoner of Azkaban because Al- Alfonso Caron is amazing visual director, but he handed them kids who had done two Hollywood feature movies. He handed them a visual style. He handed them all that stuff. And who joined the cast? Well, I'd be tired. Gary Oldman, Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Was it Gary Oldman? Yeah, yeah, no, it was Gary Oldman. But my point is, he handed like, and all these directors, he had taken them through all of that. And that's I such consider, a character-driven story in that do, third one. Do you know one? who that's I so consider good. Chris Columbus be, a baseball analogy? The Buck Showalter of film directors, oh, who is horrific. He won. Our friend Lori Carino will be saying <laughs> yes right now. That will be a yes, Lori situation. She, he, Buck Showalter Lori built those doesn't know how to use the internet. No, she does know how to use it. Uh, I was reading Roger Ebert. Is that his name, Bri? Yes, yes, Roger. Yeah. Unfortunately, I know he is RIP. Pour one out. Um, his review <laughs> of this movie, and I'm summarizing because I don't remember word for word, but it was basically that like th- this movie is an homage to the book, right? Like there, it is, it is loyal to the world that she created. And it doesn't attempt to do more than what she intended it to do. Right. No. And I love it. And you know what? Well, I almost feel like it's there's so much stuff that we couldn't have covered in this, but it was fantastic. Just talking about how much we love Harry Potter. Yeah. Uh, that mm-hmm. we, we will look at Chamber That's of Seekers right. in, in the future. And um, this can be a starting point for us. And Katie right. will come back. Okay. And she will be back. And what are the we things will, we do uh, at the end of the show? Yeah, what and, do we do? And says you need to be a you need to be on a permanent a regular, a permanent member of the podcast. Aww, yeah, so, you guys are so people sweet. Have saying, people have been saying that. Yeah. In fact, maybe one just person pushed, has been saying that. One person it, said it. Only yeah. once. Fact, they didn't we'll, even say it a lot. We'll, we'll, fact, we can expand. We can hyper hyperbolize. Just kind of nudge Jim in the opposite direction. Push him out of the camera. And it's a new show. He's on wheels. It's a new show. Here we go. It's fantastic. There's not very right. far that he can go. Uh, we've already yes, run about our current. Room. We've already run about what our current length of a show is. But I think it's been so exciting. It doesn't matter. Uh, let's you. quickly go into our spanning the globe pop culture, uh, pop culture section. Okay. Uh, instant, our instant reaction. We always do a movie trailer. Uh, this one is Fantastic cool. Beasts. The Crimes of Grindelwald, uh, which is the sequel to Fantastic Beasts. Um, you, well, you've it. seen elements of yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, are you? Well, you don't even have to see the. Tra- are We're you excited? very excited for it? Yeah, very excited. Yeah. Um, I, I well, tell ahead. me. What, I didn't. I, I have to be honest. And I think part of this is fair. Fair uh, warning. When we watched this movie, our son Jack was less than a year old. Uh, we rented this movie from Redbox, Aileen oh, and I. That was foolish. And we were like dead tired, sleep training Jack. And Aileen fell asleep. And I was less than thrilled with the film. I will yeah, you're going to have to watch that again. No, no. And I will say this. I have committed myself. I am going to I am going to get the movie again. I am going to watch it again because I saw the trailer for the most recent one. And I am, in fact, um, 
I am in fact excited about it. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like maybe I didn't give it a fair shake. Um, and I am going to see it again because the people in it, I'm big fans of. Yeah. Uh, I think this kind of ties into my second question I'm very apprehensive about, and which is, would you be in favor of more Harry Potter books? And do you like things like the 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 Broadway play that mm. was written and uh, those things? Because I think part of my issue with Fantastic Beasts is I'm I'm very apprehensive. I really liked the book series the way it was. I thought the movie was pretty good and I understand there's a lot to explore with the series and things like that, but I, I just don't quite know. I don't well, know. So and me, maybe that's my when issue. You say, as a, when you're saying Harry Potter books, you mean literally following yes. Harry Potter? Do you want, do you want to see, do you want to see Harry Potter again? I Would don't you know. Be okay I don't know if we see- need to see Harry as an, as an adult. Like, I think you get that. I feel like that's taken care of in the last movie or the last book. I love the idea that we're going to different places in in the I don't know world. I'd be interested in it if she has a really compelling story to tell, mm-hmm. and it, it it can't be, um, it it can't be like Harry Potter Part Eight, right? Like this need it would need well, to be. Yeah. Wait, it would need to be. Um, and I don't agree, Megan Kenson. I don't agree that his story's done because he has his whole or career ahead of him, and. I think if you went down like a a deeper adult um, path, meaning, you know, he was like investigating a murder or something and you wanted to do like a film noir, I would love that. And maybe not love maybe it. not books. Like just Should go straight that, to film. Uh, Harry Potter film noir. Should that be our follow up to Pretty Raptor? Oh, no. Should that be our follow up to Pretty Raptor? Should we do that? Yeah. Pretty Raptor, and then a uh, Raymond Chandler Harry Potter film with the soundtrack by Pale Reasons Harry Potter uh, concept album. I just want to see the rest of the world outside of um, outside of that like kids view, right? Like we know that there was some really dark and scary stuff going on when Voldemort was doing his doing whatever he was doing when Lily and James Potter were alive. Yeah. And there is, there's always a villain to step into his shoes, right? Like, so I, I would love to see, you know, 30 years down the road or, or even, yeah, see older Harry Potter, you know, dealing with adult stuff. <laughs> Do you think she made a mistake writing the epilogue that she did for the final novel? No. Yes, I do. Really? Yeah, I didn't like no, that No, I actually, you know what? That's interesting. Oh. I, I, I'm torn. Again, I'm going to mediate here because I'm torn between the two of you here. I loved it when I read it. Yep. But I'm so much like Jim. And this is where I'm slightly off with this. I would love to see Harry and Ron as Hermione as Aurors. And I feel like it's the same thing as like the Clone Wars from Star Wars. We go back to Star Wars that I think where George Lucas effed up the prequels. I thought the prequel should have been Anakin and Obi-Wan in the Clone Wars and not so much about like, I think that that could be amazing. It could like that, like solving a murder or solving something like that. But part of me says like, I've seen the end and I loved when I first read the book, I loved it. And I was like kind of torn. And as a tie into last week's episode, it's my issue with Indiana Jones, the fourth Indiana Jones which is one of the worst scenes in film history is Indiana Jones 
at the beginning of the fourth movie talking about how the government had recruited him to fight against the Nazis in the war and stuff. I'm like, yeah. that would have been an awesome movie to see. Yeah. But instead, we're getting completely crappy acting talking about it. And I feel like that's what anything would be because I know where it's going. Yeah, and that's and, the and same. They skip, and, and in I know Star where Wars, it's going. they skip over the whole Clone Wars. Like, yeah, I know they but call it, the movie that's... the Clone or no, they didn't, right? They uh, attack the, clone, the clones, kind of, but awful. No, Ugh. but I agree. So, but I'm so I'm torn between the two of those. I'm like, part of me would love Aliens. to see a book again, but I know where it where it goes. The only thing that would sell me on is the pale reason Harry Potter concept album, which, by the way, don't worry. Next week in Fact Check, I will have a concept album for you. I will have right. some songs. Gentlemen, I, will have some... I gotta go to bed. Okay. All right, hold you on. Got, I, hold I, on, hold I, on. I'm a, I got early morning stuff to do. Let's we go. We all have early morning stuff. I don't know how you all, all right. do it. You act like there's like this is the life no time of, limit. Th- there is no time limit. That's the amazing thing. All right. So we'll we'll transition out of uh Spanning globe. We'll go five questions. Usually it's five questions for Jim DeSanto. Uh, this quick. week we are doing five questions for Katie DeSanto. Oh, Even no. I'm horrible at our, being put on the spot. We have our shape of water egg timer that no uh, longer works. That was for the right. uh, timing, the masturbation scene. That's that's very terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here we go. All right, Katie, are you ready? Can you hear me? Okay. Ready to go. I'm ready. All I'm right. ready. Thumbs up or thumbs down. Uh, there is a new trend in the United States of women putting their sonogram pictures uh, painted onto their nails during their uh, toenails and their what fingernails. The that is a talking about? Yes. Brian, where yes. do you see these things? Oh, this is on CNN. The deep dark uh, web. That, <laughs> no, this is one of those CNN. advertisements? Like, you know, the things no, 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 that no. pop up because like, they're actually, monitoring what you like? No, this was actually sure. something on CNN. Women are having their sonogram pictures uh, during manicures and pedicures. Would you ever do that? Thumbs up or thumbs down? On I that? have so many questions, Bri. I have such a hard time so going with like a thumbs up or little, thumbs down. Static on your face. So sorry. No, so here's actual sonogram. All right. And they're like painting the image of the baby well, onto to their To me, nails. that goes larger to like, would I ever want a face? Any face? Your face, Harry Potter's face, but on anybody, my yes. nails. Thumbs so up that's going to be that's a way old thumb down. Like no, yes, I would first of all I have to want this, to get manicures. Yeah, I yeah. found this to be very. Creepy. And then right. many more levels of weirdness. All right, here we go. Question two: Sexier Swayze, sexier Patrick Swayze. Question: Was he sexier in Dirty Dancing or sexier in Ghost? Dirty Dancing. Can't see. Right there. Yep. Not even there not even a hesitation. She didn't know. Right. Yeah. In fact, I need to rewatch that movie. Okay, here we go. All right, fill in the blank question. The best one hope wine pairing for uh. an episode of Com Majors <laughs> is what? What oh. one hope wine should what you be has drinking? The highest alcohol well, content. <laughs> the highest alcohol content. That's a great question. Uh or Goodness. a sparkling, one of the sparkling bottles. I have, it's one of our 13.5 bottles. It's probably a Zinfandel or something. I want to say it might be our, our Merlot. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'd go with like a good glass of Merlot and some chocolate. You know, All right, there nice you go. little bittersweet chocolate. All right, awesome. Here we go. Question four. Um, based upon your hat that you're wearing mm-hmm. and our tie into Harry Potter who is your favorite witch in pop culture history Ooh. oh that's a good question she's I'm not a witch I'm your wife oh I do love her 
She's not a not a huge character, no, but I she's know. fantastic. Doesn't matter. It's your oh. personal favorite. What witch? It can be TV, novels, plays. Who's so, your favorite? So uh, how big can we get with that? Like the notion of the witch. Like, Whatever you want, just pick a witch. Anyone that can. A witch. Who who would you pick? Oh gosh, Brian. You're worse at this than Jim. This is hard stuff, mm-hmm. man. I'm pretty uh, good at this, Brian. Well, in, except when you lie. I didn't lie. I never said I didn't like Jewel. Go back and listen. I just couldn't name a song. Damn it. I feel like I'm leaning more towards like oracles, more like fortune tellers than, okay. than witches. Just give All us right. a name. I'll go with like the, you know, the three witches in Macbeth. I feel right, like they're a, cla- they're a classic. They're yeah, great. Perfect. They're funny I, and I would go with Sabrina, all of the good stuff. Teenage Witch, oh, uh, which is one, now Brian. on Netflix, a new Netflix series played by Don Draper's daughter. No. Uh, plug for Netflix. Netflix sponsor us. Sponsor us, Netflix. <laughs> sponsor us. Uh, finally, our deep thoughts question of the week: uh, Which Harry Potter characters best represent Brian and Jim? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know that Jim is my Hagrid. Like that's no, there's no secret. You're there. a wizard, Brian. Um, You're a wizard. Who hey. would Brian be? Harry Potter. Mm, Flitwick. Oh, I like it. Bri- you call <laughs> Brian <laughs> Flitwick? That's, I'll take that. <laughs> oh, it's by the way, I, better than I thought. He's I probably not watching, but the bad Quidditch player from from. Uh, Slytherin is Gene Dirks. Oh, Oh, Gene Dirks. Gene Gene Dirks is absolutely in this movie. I'm not even going to get, I have so many stories we can get away with. Oh, that's great. That's That's great. great. All right, that's five questions. All right, into recommendations. Jim, what do you have for us this week? What are you recommending? uh, I really do recommend the uh, Four Roses bourbon. It's excellent, single barrel. Um, And, oh, Jason Isbell, live at the Ryman, came out this week. It is a double album of uh, his stuff, and Katie, Katie's been to the Ryman Theater. I went on the Saw tour. Saw a show. We both she, went to the Ryman. We went to the Ryman for a tour. It's in Nashville. It's like a historic venue. It's amazing. Um, and Katie got to see the Indigo Girls there, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great exciting. record. Yeah, the, it was incredible. His band is pretty excellent, and he's just, uh, he's just an amazing... Uh, he's as country as I get. <laughs> Katie, recommendations. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are big into the podcasts in our family, and I was just listening to the most recent release on This American Life, but it's an old episode. You've got to listen to it. It's phenomenal. It's a live production in a Brooklyn theater um, with famous folks that you will recognize. I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, They take a a little story and turn it into an opera in the first act. The second act is a maybe the most famous uh, Broadway writer, producer, actor um, putting on the the real the realistically uh, adapted story of 21 Jump Street. Ah, like the, the true story is, of is 21 Richard Jump Grieco Street. Is there? No. Um, yeah, that, so that's know. done as a Broadway show. And then the third act is Mike Birbiglia, which uh, everybody should just uh, always amazing. listen yeah, to Mike if Birbiglia. If you have not if you've seen never, the Netflix special, thank you, God for the jokes. If you don't know Mike Birbiglia, you get just need Mike to get Mike Birbiglia in your I, life. Oh, but one more, I have one right. more rec. I have one more rec. Yes, go. go. One more. What do you have? 
Yes, for, show for, it, show it. This my, is fantastic. It was in the background the whole show. For my parent friends who are thinking about how do you get your kids into the, the Potter verse, um, the illustrated series is like absolutely breathtaking. Yes. Um, I, the artistry of these books, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a more beautiful illustrated well, it's Look. certainly the most beautiful part of this show because we can't yep. see Jim. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> he's complete. It's he's right. completely You're dead now, to me, but. Brian. Um, so anyway, this is how this is how we started with Lil, and you know, yeah, listen, I will be purchasing I get it. that. When I, I read wish it too, that quick. kids didn't need pictures too, but whatever. I think it's a nice added whatever bonus. it takes. Ryan needs pictures, kids. I like I the pictures. I you wouldn't really question me. They're beautiful. Yeah. They're works of art. You They're like my, my most favorite for this books. entire series. All right, you, uh, all right. You're also a work of art, Brian Costello. Yes. Well, I am. Thank you. A very bad piece of art. Uh, a couple of my recommendations. Two music recommendations this week. Uh, one November third, which is rapidly approaching, which is crazy. Uh, Craig Goldberg, our one of our uh, fan favorites, uh, will be at Shovel Town Brewery. Uh, which Jim and I absolutely love, and we thank them. They uh, tweeted us this week on Twitter. Uh, He'll be performing there. And then I have to be quite honest, other than my uh, upcoming 40th birthday, which is in May, probably the only event in the next few months that I am more excited about is the absolutely amazing Pale Reason reunion show that I talked about on last week's show. Uh, This is going to be November 17th. It's going to be at 118 North in um, Wayne, which, my God, I'm impressed that I could remember that. Uh, Wayne, (laughs) Pennsylvania. How much butterbeer? Butterbeer. That's the butterbeer talking. It's the butterbeer and the conductor and all the other stuff. Uh, I cannot wait for the Pale Reason show. This is going to be tremendous. Uh, I will be doing some Facebook Live uh, from it. We'll be doing some episodes, uh, shoots from it, and (laughs) it is going to be absolutely Dave just said, oh, Christ, in the chat. (laughs) This is going to be. uh, I'm hoping for a reunion with my fellow uh, pale reason friend, Mike Pudlack. Um, (laughs) Oh my God! Is Pud coming? I think he might be. One can only hope. Um, And um, we will be employing uh, Uber for the event. In fact, (laughs) if Uber would like to uh, sponsor us, uh, we would be happy. I think we know some drivers. And I would actually, I would take Uber. I would take Lyft or any other driving application that would pick us up and take us from the event. Uh, Those are my two plugs for this week uh, because I am literally so so. So excited uh, for these uh, two events, and I think they're going to be tremendous. And if you are in the Philadelphia area or the Boston area, make sure you come out for those. All right, Jim, plug time. What do we got? Uh, check us out on Twitter at uh, Majorscom. Uh, you can also follow me at Soldier on TV. You can follow Brian at B Costello Books. Um, if you're watching us now live, you already know, but you can find us on Facebook at uh, Com Majors. Uh, yeah, and I think that's pretty much it. And Katie, where can people find you? Uh, so I wear a few different hats in addition to the witch hat. Oh my gosh, I didn't say Minerva. Minerva is my favorite witch. Sorry, that's duh. Um, so I'm at One Hope Havertown. 
I, I do some wine stuff. I, yes. I, I'm a wine representative for a fabulous Napa Valley winery that gives back to charities. And you should come check me out. Yeah. And if anybody I, needs to know where you can find Katie, you can you can contact me or Brian. We'll, we'll get you in touch with Katie. Yeah. You need to drink One Hope wine. The only wine I've ever drank other than One Hope is Mad Dog. And I'm not sure that's actually a wine. <laughs> Right. I don't know if that is an endorsement. One Hope is is significantly better. I thought you had Arbor Mist. Right. Franz in White Zinfandel is better than Mad Dog. So I I will drink One Hope, and uh, maybe we maybe on uh, when I come down in November, maybe we could do a wine testing tasting slash show. I like it. Like I Slash from Guns N' Roses? Well, you know what we yeah, should do? So we could have Slash from should, Guns N' Roses. We should, awesome. watch, we should watch Sideways. Oh, Sideways. And then we, should, watch then sideways. we should drink Merlot. Don't, don't worry. You're going to get to pick an episode for your Ooh. for your birthday. Ooh. You get to pick your favorite oh, for your birthday. Know. It's is very exciting. My, is that my present? Um, it's exciting. So this is like wildly that. successful. Uh, now we got two plugs coming Did up. Did he say this is wildly this, sexful? Yeah. He says, a lot of, he says a lot of stuff. You said sexful. Oh, well, that could be sexual, it's too. It's fine, Brian. Know. Based upon your cards. <laughs> don't judge him. That, that weren't red, I don't know. Wait. I'm missing some. We have one more. Yeah, oh, this we is a good one. Did we do this? Sign? No, you can go ahead. That one? Down. Yeah. Due to Dementor desertion, Azkaban will now be guarded by Draco in leather pants. Oh. Yeah. That ties. Not, not as fun. Right the, in, see, the, that, the ties right that, that, that ties right into that Freddie Mercury uh, Queen biopic yeah. that's coming. The here, ones the that we feel comfortable reading are not that funny. The yeah. the real dirty ones are hilarious. Tune in our yeah. November episode. Uh, yeah. All right, two big last plugs to end this year. Uh, first is next week's movie, which is amazing. Next week is our Halloween episode, and we're going to be doing The Shining, oh. the Stanley Kubrick <gasps> classic. Jim's going to tell you about my shining moment next week. We, oh, I yes. just had I, one in the house the other day. I, in our wait. house? Yes. With you the had a shining? The, okay. the twins. Uh, save it. Save it. Save okay. it. We got to have this. And oh. then also now, I had, I had this was like a QB option. I had something written down here because ultimately, like uh, I'm just going to say this and then Jim's going to have to go along with it because it's on uh, film. Uh, November 29th, <laughs> uh-huh. this was so much fun. November 29th. Careful, Katie Brian. will be back. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. God We're damn it. Already? That's, that's very Harry soon. That's a nope. lot of HP. It's a lot. We're okay. You, might, right. get, you right. might get pigeonholed. You might nope. start getting all the Harry Potter fans. I don't know if you're yeah. ready for this. Yeah. Well, I'm certainly not because I'm just going to tell them that Dumbledore is less than. Yes. But there's four Jim episodes. You, I you did are, the math. Hey, don't worry. I like Dumbledore, but he is no Gandalf. Ground. No, Even in the four, Lego movie, they make fun of that. Leave your marital arguments until after the show. We have four episodes in between that. And the other thing is this. I did a small survey of Harry Potter podcasts uh, this afternoon, and we could use the Harry Potter podcast uh, numbers. Brian, uh, what they are, are you saying? They are pretty amazing. We There's a lot those. of people listening to Harry Potter podcasts. I understand now. Yes, we could use those numbers. Uh, yeah. So we're just going to sell out and do Harry Potter stuff. Uh, we're, no. Well, it's a month away. We're giving it's you a month. It's not a bad idea. Now I'm going to have to find something weirder than The Shape Brothers. of Water to make Brian do in a few months. Um, weirder? That. There's some Harry. There's, have you read some of the f- Harry Potter oh, fan there, fiction? We we should do Harry Potter fan fiction oh, reading. You know what? That's what we'll do on the November. We'll mix it up a little bit. Number 29th, we'll do some Harry Potter fan fiction. No, we'll do the we'll do Chamber of Secrets. That's fine. We'll do Chamber it's of a Secrets a month from now. Uh, 
and we'll get we'll get Katie and and Katie, please. Uh, hopefully, you'll make an appearance in our uh, November episode when we come down. When I, I would, come down, I would and love we'll to. Have you I would love to, Brian. Well. I would be honored. Yeah, that would be awesome. All right, uh, we've run long, but it was well worth it because it was so fantastic. Uh, and we'll join everybody next week. I'm pretty excited about The Shining. And we'll see everybody next week. Say bye, Katie. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.